online dating. Yeah, I'm down. Yes. What's up, y'all? Um, this is the Out of Pocket Podcast featuring myself, Jack. We got two other guests. Y'all want to introduce yourselves? Two other hosts. Uh, <laughs> all right, restart the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You want me to Austin? You want to go, or you want me to? <laughs> oh, I thought. Oh, I thought you were seriously restarting it. Oh, I'm Austin, um, another host, and this is the Out of Pocket Podcast uh, pilot episode. Yes. Yeah, my name is Ben. I guess I'll be a uh, featured guest on here once we kind of get rolling. Try to do this at least twice a week, and then I'll be here on Sundays to recap the entire week and fill in the fill in the details. And Ben is reporting in from Tennessee. Austin and I are in uh, DFW Metroplex. I'm on the south side. <laughs> All right. Well, um, nice place called Watauga, so it's real far away from you guys. <laughs> I think I, that's like North Fort Worth. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's north, northern area, and it's all I know is the traffic's hell here, so. <laughs> Yeah, that Every I day, 24-7. Well, um, this podcast is supposed to be just kind of like out-of-pocket, so we're talking about some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's early, but we're going to break it down. Um, basically, what do y'all want to get into right away? What should we talk about? Well, I, I kind of want to get a recap of, uh, of y'all's visit to, to Nashville. And just kind of know like what y'all think about the city, and uh, I mean this is y'all's first time up here, so let's just kind of go into that. that. Let's do a let's do a highs and lows. So what's it? What's the highs and lows of your guys' week? I all right. Let's do that. Let's start off. Uh, my high for the week was y'all go first. Honestly, I gotta think. <laughs> my high, I would say, was. Uh, Getting my stuff for this new job and then also going to the TCUT game, even though I don't like either team. But <laughs> um, that's my high. My low, I would say, would be honestly like having a week off. It's kind of boring. <laughs> Sit around the house and just stay on TikTok and you wait for the, you know, your work day to come and it takes forever. Yeah, you're running the rat race, Austin. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I guess my high would be getting high. (laughs) Yeah. It's not Um, over. I guess my high would just be I quit my job two weeks ago and just kind of like having like this mental clarity, like my happiness level has increased exponentially and just, you know, being able to reflect on a lot of things that are going on and not running the rat race and, getting out of the whole corporate environment to, to find something that would make me happy. And it's a difficult decision to make, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to waste my time trying to make someone else money or or being unhappy and just clocking in, clocking out sort of thing. So that's definitely my high of the week. I'm still, I'm still running off of that. My low dropped $44 on Uber eats last night. Regretful decision. You're you're (laughs) down there. That's real low. (laughs) Yeah, well, we've so. all been there though. What'd you get? Well, what'd you get at least? It's from this pizza place called Roma. It's just right down the road, and uh, I got well, some teri- teriyaki wings and like this thin crust. 
had to meet the guy out there at 2.30 a.m. last night. <laughs> <laughs> Were you high? God. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was Dude, watching a bunch. So. When we visited, we ate a whole pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that one night. ate an entire pizza. That pizza <laughs> yeah. was good. You should have went there, man. Oh, that I know. It, it closes down at, I think, like midnight. They stopped serving food. Well... Um, my, my high of the week, I would say was, um, so I, I, I'm starting sober October. So it kind of started at the end of the week on Friday and, um, the past two days, my, my sleep has been amazing. So I don't know what that is. It's just like, I think something about marijuana doesn't let you get into REM sleep because my rim, my dreams have been crazy past couple <laughs> nights. So that's the high of the week. The low of the week, um, I went to Beeville, Texas, and that is, it's like five and a half hours from here. So I did that on Tuesday, and I drove, I got up at like five in the morning, and I drove down. Um, I was looking at this um, Studio 6 motel, and... Um, it was the drive down there was was good, but um, the drive back was the low part because I was like, if you're in the car for that long, it just it takes just one thing to set you off. And I was getting stuck in traffic on the way back, and it was just I was going like a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I was so pissed white, off, white knuckling the steering wheel. <laughs> I was like riding right behind. <laughs> Man, but, I don't know how um, you do that. I can't. I hate driving like far distances and long distances. Yeah. Well, let me let me parlay my uh, low into kind of what I wanted to talk about, which was um, the place I went to was a, a Studio Six motel, and this area, Beeville, Texas. It's a small town that's essentially supported by um, oil and all the oil stuff that goes on down there. So I was looking up because I had no idea about anything uh, really about oil. But there's this thing called the um, Eagle Ford Shale, which is basically just a huge oil like reservoir, I guess. It's just underneath the surface. And it goes from Laredo, Texas, which is right on the border of Mexico. And then it, it goes up over i think it goes around austin but it's it goes in beeville texas which is where i was and it's weird like they produce so much oil and they get it and then they sell it and so everyone who comes down to these small towns they're staying there to work in on the oil like refineries and oil rigs and um, all the economy in these towns are are like really based on the oil. And so I don't know if y'all heard about Joe Biden. He um, shut down a pipeline, an oil pipeline. And basically now we get our oil from like Russia and Afghanistan. And technically we're cleaner here in America because um, we don't produce as much on U.S. soil, but we're still we're buying it for more in Afghanistan or Russia. 
and then we're paying for freight ships, which is pretty much as equal uh, environmental impact just to ship over to the U.S. So we have oil that way. So we're like paying more for like it to being cleaner in the U.S. versus I don't know. So I learned about that this week, which is interesting. Well, it was he shut down. It was the Keystone Pipeline, right? That was his first thing he did first day in office, right? Yes. That was that goes from I think uh, Alaska through Canada all the way, and that had to do apparently with some like uh, it was in some Native uh, American land or some shit. I don't know, but who knows with that kind of stuff? I mean, it's all about control and the the dependency, and we've seen oil prices, gas prices continue to rise just over the last couple of months, so. I don't know too much about the oil industry. I do know that a lot of those jack that place Beville where you were like that industry is what keeps those people's pockets filled and, and gets food on the table. So I'm sure there's some sort of economic impact, but it is mm-hmm. ironic too, like the whole democratic, like green deal that AOC and them are trying to pass where it just seems so like contradictory to what they're actually trying to achieve or what they say they're trying to achieve. Like you pointing out, like what is the environmental impact of that huge freight liner having to bring all that oil over into the United States? We've seen oil spills. We've seen all that crazy stuff happen. So it's just like, why not just let it happen here? I don't know. I'm not too informed on diplomatic uh, process, but it just seems kind of funky. I'm probably missing a lot too, but if we had all the stuff here, we would create more jobs for people and it'd bolster our economy. But it, it's the same thing with like, everyone wants everything to be electric, but the amount of fossil fuels we have to burn to like get everything electric, it's almost like the environment's not really a factor. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's kind of what my Beville trip was. Um, I brought my strap down with me. Had to had to stay strapped. What'd you say? Huh? What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I brought my strap on. I had a little meeting in the in the motel. <laughs> Low dollar cookers. <laughs> yeah, these cougars, they want some. I want to talk about like how like there's so many companies out here that are just like fucking people over and like not giving the right description of jobs and like going after like these college kids. Cause I mean, I feel like I just got the experience at this job that I recently had and I just yeah. wrote it and man, actually like I wanted to, they, they fucking emailed me. So I like quit and everything gave them, I gave them a week notice. I know it's like whatever, but I'm not staring there two weeks. Like I wanted a week off. Like you said to like have a clear, you know, state of mind before I start a new job. I don't want to go in there, you know, stressed out thinking about like the last job I had and everything. For sure. So, I mean, um, they sent me an email yesterday and, uh, you know, this IT guy told me to like just clear out my, he's like, reset your computer and everything, which is like, okay, cool, whatever. Send me an email saying like, come sign your resignation paperwork and like, and they're like, oh, nope. by the way, there's like destruction of property. You deleted all of our data and our emails and like everything on the laptop. They're like, so we're, we're with the authorities and lawyers to figure out who did it. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I was like, you guys really trying to like come after me? Like just because, I mean, there was like six people that quit and I think they're just mad. 
So like these Damn. companies, these companies are like ridiculous. Like they're Dude. eating off these college kids that like want to work. I mm-hmm. feel like there should be some type of laws behind this. You know what I mean? Just, well, like, so uh, Austin, sh- kind of share your experience on how that job kind of came in a, into your realm because I, I definitely had a similar experience moving up here to Nashville with my my first job I had. So I graduated advertising degree, kind of works in the marketing slash advertising, you know, and I applied for this position, digital marketing associate, and I was expecting to learn a lot. And it was obviously entry level. And I got into the company to interview me, whatever. And I mean, it was kind of my fault as well. Like I could have saw these red flags. There was a 20 year old HR lady and I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are you? (laughs) (laughs) She's woke. (laughs) Like, why are you 20 years old? And then she was talking about like, no disrespect to people that don't have degrees, but I was like, where'd you go to school? And she's like, oh, I've never went to school. Like, I was like, what? I was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, no disrespect. There's those people that work hard, you know, work their way up. But also you're 20 years old. Like I expect you to be like at least 40 if you're working your way up like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and I, I already had the job at that point. So I was like, maybe I just have to wait it out. Like it's going to get better. <laughs> so, and then like I sat there and like for like two weeks just doing nothing. And I was like, what the fuck? What did I get myself into? <laughs> so, you know, and they, and they gave me this job description, right? So it's supposed to be digital marketing, you know, uh, Search engine optimizing, search engine marketing. You know, I don't really want to go into that because it's a lot of details. But, you know, I expect to learn a lot of stuff because I'm brand new. And there's startup, which I understand, like, startups, you're going to be doing, like, random things because you're a startup. You're not going to be specifically doing your job, which, I mean, I expect to do my job, but, like, mainly my job. So I was in there doing, like, so like they had this product and I was just testing out their product for like straight up like a week straight. And then like they were trying to make this new website. So I was like checking this whole Excel sheet and seeing if the words were spelled right. And I was like, this is not like what I want to be doing. You know what I mean? So it's just like stuff. Yeah. like I understand that this is a startup, but like you didn't explain this in the interview process, you know, all this stuff. If I knew I wouldn't have taken the job, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like mm-hmm. all this stuff, and then like even before that, I would get interviews of like AT and T companies, like like you said, like trying to sell like AT and T stuff, and like it's not what I want. And it was like a whole different job description, and they would try to sell me it in the interview. And I'm like, no, this is not what the job description said. So like, I feel like there should be like a whole like law behind like lying like that. You're wasting people's time, you know. It's yeah. Just no, I I completely agree because just kind of the same thing that happened with my job. It was a um, I got a message or I applied off of LinkedIn. It was like a quick apply on LinkedIn. And the job description was account executive account manager, right? That's a very vague term. No one really understands what that means. And it was for um, this. I'm not going to name, I don't want to name the company, but it was a AT&T third party. So AT&T had is pretty much on this payroll and they're paying this company to have employees go out and sell their product. Right. So, that's what I figured out at the time during the interview process. It was, yeah, we represent, you know, fortune 500 companies, like great relationships. You're in like customer relationship management. And I was like, okay, like I've done sales. Like I got a business degree. Like this seems like it'd be kind of up my alley. 
and it was a zoom interview right and you know the first step is oh let's just get to know you see if you know this is a good fit and then the second interview is kind of where we got in the whole details and they they did their pitch and everything so you know during this whole interview thing like i was asking a lot of questions right like i was trying to figure out the best idea of the job and and just trying to understand because i was going to be moving to nashville for it and so never really got a full understanding of yeah, never really got a full understanding of the job. It was it was very vague. I, I figured it was sales, but didn't really know the environment or what it was going to be. Sure enough, show up on my first day and, uh, you know, we go through the whole office thing. And then all of a sudden, like noon rolls around, like, all right, it's time to hit the field. I'm like, what? Like, are we not in the office? It was fucking door to door sales. Oh, my. And this was this was uh, January. So it's like in Nashville, it was. It was snowing my first day. I remember that vividly. It was freezing cold. And we go out. I drive like 30 minutes out of the city to Murfreesboro. And I knock on doors for eight, nine hours. And I'm like, this is not what I was told, right? And then sure enough, I stayed with the company for for five months. And I got really good at it. Like I just kind of sucked it up. I, I didn't really have a lot of career moves that I could make at the time. But once I got to the point where I started interviewing others, to like join the the company, I was like, I am straight up lying to these people about this opportunity and, and the potential for it. And these people were, I was interviewing people from California, from, from Texas, from New York, like they would move down to Nashville for this job and they had no idea what it was going to be. I'm like, there's that like some moral, yeah, illegal. it's so, it's so fucked up. And that's why the turnover rate was so high because people get in here like, this is not what I was told. Like, I had no idea this was door-to-door sales. And during the interview process, we were specifically told, we do not tell them it is door-to-door sales. You know, so and like, I feel like, why is there behind this? Like, there should be, I mean, I'm, there probably is. I don't know. I haven't like, looked into it. But, you know, it just gets looked past so easily. And, mm-hmm. like, I've, I've heard so many situations like this since graduating. I mean, to be honest, I've only been graduated since May, but still, like, that's honestly crazy how many times I've heard about this happen to people. Well, I have a, I have <clears throat> another story about that, too, um, when I started. But, Ben, real quick, so they did not even, so you knew you were going to be selling things. They didn't mention, like, how exactly that would go about. No, um, they explained our lead system and... The way it's generated is bullshit. Like they they claim we had these hot leads, meaning people that wanted the product and working for AT&T, which is a major telecom company, our leads were based off of existing customers, inquiring customers and past customers. So that's a lot of fucking people, right? It's not like anyone's just like, oh my God, I need AT&T internet. Like have this guy come to my house immediately. It doesn't work like that. So yeah, there was no... No information regarding that. And just to kind of speak what you're saying, Austin, they prey on these vulnerable college kids that need a job right out of college. So they mm-hmm. they can almost be vague enough because, you know, anyone out of college wants a job, you know, they're they're hungry for an opportunity. And so they know that they can get someone in this position that'll work hard. And the way it worked for me, I don't know if it was the same for you, Austin, but they're very... I guess, involved in your life and your dreams and what you want to achieve. And then they pin that against you when, when times get tough. So it's like, oh, Ben, like you said, you wanted to be retired by 45. Like if you quit, like you're not going to have that happen. So you need to knock more doors. You need to stay out later. Like th- it doesn't work like that. Like it's, it's fucking bullshit. 
and like the the job itself yeah. is like so in, inconveniencing to other people. Like imagine like you own your home, right? You've got a family. It's eight o'clock at night on a Wednesday. You've got two kids and a dog. And I come up to your door knocking <laughs> at 830 at night and your dog starts barking, wakes your kids up. And I'm just there sitting on your front porch trying to sell you AT&T internet and TV. You're getting a guac in your forehead. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. You're telling me to get the fuck off your yeah, property. So yeah. it's just, it's a terrible it's business so structure. Too. Like you're walking around like big dude oh, yeah. doors. Like, yeah, you know, some dark, know. some dark shadow just on your porch. You're like who the hell is this? So it's just, <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. Like it's, it's stupid. And people make money off of it. Like I think it's just a shady business and door to door sales in general is very difficult to do. Um, Let's pivot into like moving into another like state like that. Like talk about that. That's kind of a big step. And like, and obviously, honestly, like I would be scared if I went to that position, like you're, you're making people like so vulnerable that they think they need the job. And it's kind of messed up. Like you moved into a whole nother state for this. Like talk about that. Like, what did you like? What was your thought process? Cause I would be scrambling for another job so fast. Yeah, I was, um, so I accepted the job in, I think November, right. And it was during COVID and we can talk about this another time, but like, I felt like there wasn't a lot of, I guess, assistance just with the university of Arkansas and job placement, you know, they claim that they, they help all these people out, but it's really, you're kind of on your own. Um, so I accepted the job in November, moved down here January 4th. Like literally I was back home from Texas after I graduated for two weeks, wanted to get out and just kind of see something different. And once I kind of got the understanding of what the job actually was, I was panicking in a way because, you know, I'm a college kid. I don't have a lot of savings. Um, the cost of living here is ridiculous. My rent was after everything I was paying like 16, $1,700 a month. Um, and working a hundred percent commission job. Like that, there's a lot of pressure involved in that. So I did it for five months and, you know, probably about month three, three or four. Like I, I finally just kind of decided in my mind that this is not something for me and I need to start looking for other positions. Um, but it's just kind of the same thing. Like there's not a lot of, there is a lot of job opportunity, but it's, you really got to put in the time and, and make sure you find it. But like moving here, like I didn't know anyone, like I've got a couple of, of contacts, um, never been in Nashville. I visited in December. So it was a completely new place to me, like living on my own, having all this responsibility, financial responsibility, and not knowing that your job is secure and that you're getting a paycheck every week. Like that'll keep you up at night. Yeah. And it's, it's terrifying. And I'm, I'm the last person to ask for help and I don't want to ask my parents for help. I want to kind of struggle by myself. But like, I definitely lost money from, from working that job. Like the hundred percent commission, I had to sell a lot to, to make ends meet and pay my bills and stuff. And it just didn't work out that way. And I never contemplated leaving Nashville and going back home to stay with my parents because I knew I, I knew I could find another job. Um, yeah, it's crazy, but I, I love Nashville. And I think the idea of just like moving out and kind of being on your own is, is super exciting, right? Even though the job, even though the job sucked and you know, it wasn't what I wanted to do. You know, I was 20, I was 21 years old. Right. So I just, I'm a, I'm a baby. Right. So I'm just kind of figuring life out and and going through that whole thing. But it's, it's definitely an experience. And I I tell a lot of people about it and I've made a lot of friends from that company and, and met a lot of great people. And, you know, kind of when you're thrown into the fire, you really kind of figure out who you are and, 
it's fight or flight mode. So you either hustle and, and make ends meet or, or you go and be homeless or go move in and sleep on someone's couch or, or whatever you got to do. But moving, moving to a different state is probably like the highlight of my life. I think it's, it's awesome. Man, that, there's like a rush to that though, right? Like you're like, I'm not saying yeah, it's like a good um, feeling, but like once you're like on your own and you get it done, you're like, damn, I got that accomplished. Like, yeah. Like you, you did it too. And like you, the fact, like I'm the same way, like you don't want to ask for help. And like, once you get it done yourself, you're like, hell yeah. Like I got it. Like look at me now. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, there was a point I, I was the brokest in my life three months ago, two months ago, even, um, you know, just in this job transition and not having a lot of money, I had to sell off all my investments. I had to cut corners where I had to cut corners. I, you know, I don't have cable TV, you know, that's like small things like that, that you really don't think about just in terms of the expense. And like, you have to cut it out because $60 a month could go towards, you know, your electricity bill or something like that. But knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm finally back on my feet and, you know, financially secure. It's like, damn, like I really did that. And it's definitely an empowering feeling. Um, For sure, not to, anything, right? Do what? It was like, you can go through anything though, right? You're just like, yeah, Man, I mean, dude, amazing. I was... I was doing door-to-door sales during a pandemic in a completely different area, right? Like that's a scary thing to jump into and knowing that all your income is dependent on that one job, right? You have to convince someone to buy this product or else like you may not have money to to pay rent, right? So it's it's definitely very intimidating. You were so scared of the pandemic at the beginning too. So there's like not opening the door for you and everything. Yeah, and it's... Just that industry in general, it's like, it's so fucked up. But yeah, like I've got to get you to like sign these papers and you've got to give me your social security number and all this crazy information during a pandemic. And I'm just some random guy you met 30 minutes ago. As soon as you ask me for social security number, I'm cutting you off. I'm like, no, no way. You're a fucking con man. What if the point of that business is instead of selling the internet, they just want to figure out who will give up their social security number and they just have a list. You got a new business, man. (laughs) (laughs) But even, even when I was doing that job and you know, the sales industry is tough and the whole idea was I would get 40 no's a day to find one. Yes. Right. You wanted to make one sale a day. That was kind of the law of averages. But even when I was talking to these people, They'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're so much better than this. And, you know, when you have groups of random people that you have this quick first impression with and they know what job you're doing and they know the potential you have, like you really kind of like reflect within yourself. You're like, damn, what am I doing? And like you're you're driving home at nine o'clock on a Tuesday after knocking doors for eight hours in the, the freezing rain. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. what what's the point of this? You guys, both you guys, I mean, I see you guys like posting on LinkedIn and stuff. And I feel like that's like a lot of effort. So like, I mean, I respect you guys for that. So definitely shows you guys have work ethic. And you guys like want to try Like you guys want to prove yourself. But uh, talk about like Nashville. Though. I want to hear about like you bouncing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I got knowing that, you know, I needed some more income and stuff. I got a job as a bouncer at this local bar called Mother's Ruin, just right up the road. And I worked as a doorman. You done. You done in Arkansas. Yeah, I worked as a, uh, I worked security in Arkansas in their bar district there, which is great, like dealing with college kids, know a lot of my friends. So doing it when you're dealing with adults is a little bit different. Um, but I just yeah. came in. I actually, I had driven by the place a lot. I had never gone in. 
I actually had a first date there. And uh, I recognize the doorman because he's always outside and I always drive by. And so we were just chopping it up. Do what? You got a lot of dates going there, huh? That's how I recognize it. Yeah, well, now now I can pull up the stops and get free drinks. And I may not even tell them that I work there. They just think I'm like this status man over here. But uh, yeah, so I got that job two months ago. Um, It's been great. I deal with a lot of uh, a lot of different people, but ultimately, like, just to kind of go into what Jack was talking about, sober October, like, there's regulars that I see every night. Like, they're literally in there drinking every night, spending sixty, seventy dollars a night, and it's like the addiction to alcohol. But it's also cool, like the social interaction side of things, like just being able to talk to people and like see people unwind, and you definitely understand a little bit more of, you know, people just grabbing a beer after work you know, working their nine to five jobs. Hey, let's go grab a a drink at work. So it's, it's been interesting. It's a local spot. So I'm not dealing with any like crazy people, but there's a lot of drugs. So I got to kick people out for doing that shit. Um, I only been in, see them. Are they just shameless in the middle of the bar? Are they doing in the bathroom? No. Like if you see a girl and a guy walking in the bathroom together, like, yeah, I'll just be standing outside. I'll just be standing outside the door and like they open the door and like they're brushing their noses off and I'm like, yeah, it's to time like, to go. You ever have to get like real physical? You're like, get your ass. Like, fucking yeah, I threw, I threw a guy down the stairs once. Oh my um, God. He was, he was super drunk. And, oh uh, yeah, he was super drunk and he was like groping a bunch of women and uh, he just it's didn't want to leave. And I wouldn't say I threw him down the stairs. I'd say he tripped. But uh, uh, I hear you. Yeah. you think he was just <laughs> drinking alcohol or you think he was on like some other drug? No, he was just like he was probably blacked out because then his buddy came by the next night and uh, he's like, bro, like what happened last night? And I was just telling him <laughs> one like, of those guys, yeah, your man, your man's was too drunk. <laughs> man, it feels like uh, we're interviewing Ben. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you no. on, though, so then that's interesting. Right. Yeah, we got an interesting story so far, and you're younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> well, tying it back to um, Nashville, uh, my, kind of my experience with Nashville, I really didn't know what to expect. I knew it was country music was kind of my idea going in, but when we first went on, what is it, Broadway? Is that the main road? Yeah, Broadway. That looked like I thought I was in Las Vegas, which I'd never been to Las Vegas either, but it was just so it was so like alive. That's kind of the word I, I would describe it. And the rooftop bars are awesome and everyone there is just you said it's like a tourist town, right, Ben? Yeah, it's um Nashville is a become a huge tourist town. There's a lot of people that just come from, you know, Kentucky, Texas, Missouri, um, you know, Ohio, Michigan, that sort of thing. But then you also have like a lot of Californian people. Like it's, I never considered Nashville to be like this huge vacation spot, but it's like people come here to get fucked up for the weekend, spend a lot of money and go home. Right. It's, it's just like the place to be. And I never considered that maybe just cause I wasn't traveling a lot or, or doing anything like that. But like every weekend, every week, like it's just packed out the ass on 4th of July alone. We had a million people on Broadway. A million. Yeah, damn. There's also like five sports teams too, right? Yeah, we've got the Predators. We've got the Titans. um, Soccer? There's MLS. Yeah, there's a Nashville Football Club. 
but yeah, yeah there's, there's just point, so- like, like have y'all like gotten super busy the streets and stuff what at the bar yeah because like i know the stadium's like right next to broadway kind of i feel like that yeah. traffic's mean yeah like i think the titans play here to i think they play here today but we're the bar that i work at it's like a mile removed from broadway so like we do get some stragglers over there it's a long walk but it's I guess the thing is like people come here to like see the bartenders and like, so it's not a, uh, Hey, let's different go get crowd. fucked up. Yeah. It's a, it's a completely different crowd, which I prefer it that way. Cause Broadway's insane. I would never work on Broadway. Too many people, too much security threat. Like it's just, yeah. it's just too much to handle. Um, You're getting sad. <laughs> Do those yeah. b- bouncers get paid more? Than what? The bouncers on Broadway, do they get paid more? Oh, since it's- yeah, absolutely. And it's, but there's so much liability with that. Like, for example, I think I sent you guys that article like a month ago when we went to, to Dirk Bentley Whiskey Row three or four weeks ago, their security had apprehended someone and killed them just on a, um, a Monday night. Like, and how all did those, they kill him? I read the thing. Apparently, he had brought a gun up top. Um, because they don't frisk on Broadway, which is a huge issue in itself because you're dealing with so many people coming from so many different areas. And obviously you're still in the South and like you're getting all these people visiting. So you have no idea like if they have any weapons on them, what their life is like, anything like that. But there's so many people down there, like there needs to be a stronger police presence. And just at Mother's Ruin, the bar that I work at, like I'm usually the only door guy there controlling six, 700 people. Right. So like we don't fresh there either, but obviously like there's no weapons allowed in any sort of bar, but for that whiskey row place, imagine you're some, imagine that's me, right? I'm some 22 year old kid just having a security job for some extra income and some other security guy kills someone. Now I'm in a lawsuit. All this liability is put on me because I'm also with the company and I could have passed by that guy and, and not checked him or done X, Y, and Z, right? So just think of like the implication that has and just and just being within that environment, like so many bad things can come from that. Sorry, just, it's not funny. I'd like to but remove myself. You said Why are you laughing, sir? <laughs> you said implications in her mind. <laughs> the implication. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like the, then again, like some of these – like bouncers get power trips and they just want to be physical, like just to be physical. And I'm like, dude, you got like, if you want this job just to hurt people, you need some help. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree. And I've, I've gotten a lot of recognition for just being like nice to people. Like I'm not out here to fight. Like if anyone wants to run on their heads because like, just because they want to do it, like, Oh, I'm a bouncer. Like I'm not going to get in trouble. Like, here you go, bam, <laughs> taste the concrete. Like, yeah. And there we do have the way that, getting security contracts works is you bid on a contract. So if I run some company and I want to hire some sort of external security, I can set a price and I'll have all these other companies bid on the contract. So it's all about like negotiating the smallest price or whatever, but they pay a fuck ton of money for liability, like upwards of a million dollars. If something does happen, that means that I'll be covered. But obviously their thing is, we want you to get this person outside the door. And after that, like you can kind of do whatever you want to do. Cause ultimately like I am allowed to, to fight you or do whatever I need to do to make yeah. sure that you're not going to injure any other customers or, or do anything that's going to, um, I guess, cause any harm to the business. But I will say this. 
since I have started this job, cause I moved up here to Nashville with a, you know, a girlfriend and I've been single since February and, you know, kind of going around and, and trying to figure out what I want to do. But the sexual attraction to someone that is in a position of power, like is unbelievable. Like I'm, I'm 22 years old and I'm, I'm getting all this attention from, you know, girls, my age, girls that are 40 years old, that have children. Like I love, I love the attention and everything, but it's, it's ridiculous, dude. Like it's yeah, unbelievable. We went, remember that girl was like, nice butt. <laughs> yeah, dude, I got my first day. So my first day in there, I didn't have a security shirt or anything. And I was just walking through, I think it was a Saturday night. So it was packed and I'm walking through the bar and I was getting harassed. Like, no lie. Like my dick was getting grabbed. Like my ass was getting grabbed. Like, because people didn't know I worked there. They thought I was just in in the bar. No, like girls and like younger girls, like my age and stuff. And I was like, damn, is this really how it's going to be? But it's just like when people like enter a bar, like their moral obligations, like go out the window. Yeah. They're like, uh, I'm working. I'm sorry. Grab it later. Grab your nut and twist it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's been great. I love it. Um, it's not the long term for me, but it's something dick that part? do what for <laughs> the dick grabbing part. <laughs> yeah, awesome. There man. is getting grabbed like every day. <laughs> there is a lot of po- power. Does for certain people. Um, certain people are definitely attracted to people in positions of power. I feel like that's human nature, and. Um, I guess we can tie this into the dating apps because my experience in the dating apps is kind of me and Ben, we talked about this a little bit. I mean, I feel like they don't work. Uh, I feel like it's, it's either the algorithm like puts you in a category like based on who you're swiping or it's just weird. I feel like the, the really hot chicks, they get everyone to like them on the dating apps, but then like an average dude can't get you know, equal of the opposite sex. Yeah. And I also think it's, it's weird. I don't know how it's going to work with AI where these algorithms on Tinder and hinge and Bumble, they know how people view other people sexually and how that, all that data, if they can somehow put that into like a, a bot or they can, they could send say in the future, they have all this data on you from Tinder and they know who you like and what you fall for and all this bullshit. Yeah. And say you're like a governor and they send some like hot chick to your front door and she's like, she's, she's brunette. She's whatever. And she just straight up seduces you and she's an AI robot. Where did that go? man? <laughs> I think we were talking about power. I don't know, man. Like, freaking, I don't think we're that far in the future yet. (laughs) Yeah. But you're you're right because the way that, so I think you're onto something because the way that like Tinder and Bumble, I don't know if you have to verify yourself on Hinge, but like you get like a blue check mark if you verify yourself. So that pretty much means that you have to send a picture of yourself like doing these poses to ensure that you're an actual human being. Cause there's a lot of robots and fake accounts, you know, people catfishing and stuff like that. But you have to put in, you know, these specifics of what you want, like what you're looking for, you know, 
political status, vaccination status, you want kids, you smoke, you do pills, like all these other things that are characteristics about yourself and what you're looking for. A ton of data. Yeah. And if you're swiping every day, like you're right, like they're going to figure out like who you like, what attracts you, you know, how the women look, all this different things. And they can definitely fine tune. Okay. Ben loves a tall brunette. We're going to feed him all tall brunettes. Or Ben loves fat girls. We're going to feed him the 300 plus, right? So they can kind of do whatever they want to do with that. But yeah, there's girl, if you think about, and just like the way socially, like we, we interact with females, right? Like the average guy will go after the hot girl and probably not get a lot of attention, but the average girl is like so fixated on like the top 10 to 15% of men, right? So that leaves everyone else with, slim pickings because women think they deserve more and, you know, they should be going after these, you know, super elite men. But in reality, a six should be dating a six men versus a six woman thinks that she deserves a, a nine man. Right. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. I feel like everybody like kind of thinks that way though. They're like trying to get, I mean, if they're attracted to them, everybody's, you know, going after that one person, but it's easier for girls though, just because I feel like they have the choosing more than the guys. Cause guys have to work for it. Like you're going to mm-hmm. try harder for the girl. And like, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But the girl has, you know, the majority decision. She's can, she can decide whether like, okay, yeah, I'll let you like pursue me and like, or she can just turn you down right then and there. So I feel like they kind of have, I guess I would say like, power over that decision and it, which kind of gives them the reason to have the, you know, decision to give them the top 10, 15. So I think that's the only reason. You know. It's interesting too, because the, the female is like so worried about dudes taking advantage of her and like wanting just to have sex. And so they're like very picky because they don't want to be fucked over. But then if a guy comes in and he actually wants a relationship, but then this, the girl, and that should work. But then if the girl is like, oh, he just wants sex and they end up having sex early. And then it's almost like it never works out if you have sex early, I feel like. But uh, I, I don't it, it depends on the person, right? But I think... Women ultimately get to decide who pursues them and who right. they get to have sex with. They have the deciding thing because men, we can pursue a bunch of different women, but ultimately like the way society's set up and women have to allow you to pursue them. So they, they ultimately have mm-hmm. authority over what happens and they get to choose what they want to do, and which is fine. The man decides if they're going to have the relationship though. Because the man, the man will decide whether we can have this and start a family moving forward. Cause the man can lose back to power too, though. Like, yeah. Again, like a woman doesn't want a man that's just like so submissive. Cause I feel like they get bored. You know what I mean? You're like too submissive. And they're like, do you not have like any like masculinity type of thing? Yeah. <laughs> so like, Ambition. so like th- then again, it comes, it's like a back and forth thing. I, I think like first she has the power and then you have the power because you decide you're like, She's going to eventually ask me, like, are we, like, you know, what are we doing? What are we? (laughs) So, like, it kind of goes back and forth, and it's kind of like an ego thing, which is weird. It's just like a human nature thing, I would 
the best way I just yeah. describe it. But, I agree. <laughs> I was going to make a point. I was kind of lost tr- where I was going with this, but, uh, um, but I think, well, what do you guys, I guess now that, you know, online dating has become a thing more relevant within the last five years, there's, I talk to a lot of people and I, I see a lot of couples and everything like that. There's almost like a, a shame in like announcing that, like you've met someone online or dating online. Cause I've definitely had girlfriends or, you know, people that I've spent a lot of time with that I've met online. And when someone asks, Oh, how did you guys meet? I'm like, Oh, we met through a friend of a friend, you know, whatever. <laughs> and in reality, I swiped right on Tinder and, you know, asked for a booty pic and you know how here we are. <laughs> so like, it's, I'm curious as, like would you guys be are you open to announce let's say you find a girl off of bumble tinder hinge um like are you not afraid to share like yeah we met online dating i would dating i i'm i'm the type of person to like not really care about opinions so like i mean everybody's affected by some type of opinion i'm not going to say like i'm freaking bulletproof but you know i feel like that type of thing though i'd be like whatever like who cares what you think like yeah i met him off tinder i'd agree it's it's a new age too like there's so many dating apps where like our i feel like our generation is going to be so used to it we're just like oh okay cool like that's awesome like do you like them they they just go right past it you know what i mean i feel like it might be a conversation it is becoming so normalized and i don't really care i'll tell people because i actually had a really good relationship um with someone i met off one of the dating apps and they didn't fall through not because of her it was on my end and that's another story but it's almost have y'all seen the black mirror episode the dating episode yes i love that episode dude that's where we're going because it's pretty much like they know so much about you and then the other person and so they pretty much tell you like oh you're gonna last three months you're gonna last a year that's that's like inside of like a freaking like (laughs) like we're here, bro. Matrix, man. That sounds like a Matrix. Like, I don't know. That's. I mean, I, I feel like that episode kind of described like how it is inside of a dating app more than that, like being inside of Matrix. Because like at the end of the episode, they were ended, ended up being at a party or something like that, right? I think they, dude. It's been they a while since they were a hundred percent match. But I feel like there was another show about that. Like, you know, I don't know if you ever seen it on Netflix, but like there was a technology to find out like who your specific person was. And it was like who you a hundred percent matched with. But I feel like that could never be made because your personality changes so much and like who you prefer and like it can never yeah. be a hundred percent match, but that show is honestly crazy. You guys should watch it. I don't know the name of it, but like people were like getting matched with like crazy, like drug dealers and stuff. And like, that's their match though. And they were kind Interesting. of like, what if there was yeah what if there was some sort of like social construct where like if you if you commit to having a dating app like whatever happens with that person like you can't there's no way out right like you match on someone and it's like you're committed to dating this person or spending x amount of time with that person kind of like the black mirror episode where you you sit on a dinner date and it's like oh you only have seven minutes together and then they're gonna leave her would you like a year scenario though like this person was married (laughs) And they're just curious. They're like, well, there's my match out there, but I'm married already. Like, would you look it up? Like, I want to see. But like, the thing is, like, if you People talk to them, they're your, you know, 100% match. 
So you're gonna think about leaving your current wife, which is fucked. But that's it was kind of in, in that show where I was like, damn, that's kind of crazy. Like, would you do it if you're already? I mean, you say you're happy with this, you know, so-called wife, whatever. You could be happier then, like, though. Yeah. What if you're like matches out there and you just don't take the opportunity? Like, would you do it? That's kind of fucked. Right? That is fucked. You'll have to get back to us on if you figure out the name of the show. But um, we can look it up after. But I'll let you guys know. I think we should, uh, y'all wanted to talk, and I think TikTok, we should talk about that a little bit before we wrap it up. It's almost noon, almost lunchtime. Almost football time, man. So y'all use TikTok. I never did. Um, I used Vine, which is somewhat similar, right? Yeah, it's similar. Uh, I think TikTok's caught on more with trends, and like, honestly, it's a lot of like, advertising for stuff i'd say like music and like shows and stuff like that but i mean everything has advertising mm-hmm. nowadays so but i mean it definitely influences a lot of the younger generation i knew it was going to come back because vine was so damn big yeah vine was definitely vine didn't advertise though did it no like tiktok took advantage of that for sure uh their advertising is crazy especially well, like nowadays, like everything advertises and I feel like the world's caught on and like companies have caught on and that they need a specific person to do social media. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just a kind of new thing. And like I even went to school for like something similar, similar to that. So like there's actual like job opportunities for that, which is like a new like type of deal. And it's I feel like it's kind of crazy now. Like you're specifically working, for, you know, doing social media. Like I, I, think- I know I yeah. knew a girl that lived up here um, and she specific, her job title was um, content creator and her whole specific job was to film TikToks for their company. And it's and like that. Living off that. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like that idea, like a year ago or even two years ago, like would have been like, you're crazy. Like that position wouldn't exist. But like, when has there ever been a application that has sh- accelerated people to fame and success as quick as TikTok, right? Like we've seen all these like crazy people that do basic stuff or they're likable or they they're pretty or or whatever the case is. And now they're household names, the D'Amelios, like Charlie D'Amelio. She's got deals with Dunkin' Donuts. Like these people that, yeah, like these people that don't necessarily have a skill, but they, they understand social media and the power of just doing something that will be entertaining and like they create these these followers, they've got millions of followers, and now they're household names, and they've got their life is set up. And I think it's, I don't like it just because I think like it's not a cop out, but I don't know. Like we know, we all know people that have you know Tried sold it. their soul necessarily for like TikTok fame or just social media fame, and it's like it's so cringy. Like I just don't you like it, right but to it. each his own. Yeah, I feel like some Dude, people. Go ahead. Go ahead, Austin. I feel like some people just do it like they know it's cringy and they're like, you know what? I'm going to suck it up. Like you said, sell your soul. You're like, whatever. People can talk about me. I'm going to do it to get famous. Like, fuck it. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to bring it back to Vine because do you remember on Vine, um, there was no advertisements, but there were the corny Viners who would like King Botch where they they'd advertise in the vine, like maybe a Sprite can or something. If y'all remember, but they were like corny. 
And we're like, oh, he's just doing that. He's being corny. But he was advertising something. And then, do y'all remember that at all? Or I remember, yeah, still, I do. He's student. Like, he's in movies and stuff. Like, like you said, like, kind of soldier soldiers. They're, they accept being corny. They accept being, like, but they're still getting views, which is weird. Like, who watches this stuff? Like, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the whole thing for TikTok is they get so many people viewing. And... I don't know exactly how their algorithm works, but they've they've done something where they get people to stay on for a long time and our attention spans are getting shorter. But I wanted to ask, is anything on there, does it seem to be sexualized at all? Oh, a thousand percent. That's another thing too, like sexualizing like media and like clickbaits. Like I don't know if you've seen on Snapchat too, like the the news things, there's always like something like a girl like bending over and I, i'm like dude why is this here like and then the the news like i guess the caption would be totally different like someone like learn do you do it yourself stuff and like it's someone like yeah like you know super hot girl i mean i'm not even gonna lie like sometimes they're hot girls like doing like some sexualizing thing i'm like this is weird they're trying to get people to click on it because of this and like i feel like that's all over like social media and shows and like i feel like shows think they have to put sex in there to get people to watch it so i don't know it's it's weird nowadays i've definitely noticed blocked that, my yeah. yeah i've definitely blocked my fair share of those snapchat news stories just because they're so fucking in your face about like just like stuff that you don't even like care about like buzzfeed like it'll be like 10 if you eat your fork like this then you are a homosexual it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, You're like, wait, what? Yeah, I was like, am I? <laughs> wait, eating a fork? I might have to click on this. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. and TikTok's the same way. Like, there's, I watched a video yesterday and it was, they did this, not like a study necessarily, but just like this experiment. They had 10 <laughs> random people just pull up their TikToks and how fast before there was a video of a girl shaking her ass. And like the average was like two or three I'll videos. Like I saw that the barstool thing. Yeah, and I think yeah, exactly. Damn. And it's like I don't know if they figure it out by how many times you share a video. I mean, I if I see a, a hot girl, like I'm gonna send it to my friends. But like it's it's so in your face, and like the way society works right now. Like same thing with OnlyFans, where you know there's almost like this wave of empowerment where women claim they're not selling their bodies and they're just doing it to make a profit. And then OnlyFans was actually created for like a, a streaming service, like a Twitch streaming service. And then it's become this whole sexual thing. And OnlyFans announced recently that they were going to stop. Um, porn. Stop porn. Yeah, pretty much. Because that's not what they were intended for. But that's now when we think of OnlyFans, we think of some some girl going on there and, and selling pictures to creepy yeah. men. Right. So it's it's so different now. And you don't see a lot of men doing it. You see a lot of women doing it. I don't know what what their gain is if it's for attention if it's you know for self-satisfaction yeah it's definitely for money because i'm sure they get some sort of um you know penny on the dollar for for streams but i don't know i'm not a big fan of it it's entertaining as hell but i think it's just kind of sending us down a a dark hole the um only fans they did that they put out that news thing uh saying they were going to stop doing porn but then they said no um just kidding so it was kind of like just a a little like they just got pressed for it, which is interesting. But oh, on so they're Tinder, gonna keep it going? Yeah, yeah. It was oh, it wow. was just like a flip flop. So we could talk about it. But um, <clears throat> on Tinder, they have 
these there's these fake bot accounts and this is across all social media but on tinder it's these fucking like model girls they're like half naked and then all of them just happen to to live one that just happened to live one mile away from you (laughs) you're like oh i didn't meet you in high school Um, (laughs) but they i want you to add their snapchat and i had a buddy in college who he ended up getting hacked and pretty much he sent me a snapchat saying it was a picture of him what he sent to the girl but the text said hey bro in tough times can you venmo me 50 bucks Mm -hmm. and i think he sent it to everyone because eventually he got his account back and he posted hey my account got hacked and i can't assume how that happened but i think it was from tinder and it's just another way there people are trying to like your boy was starving, man. Adding random. <laughs> <laughs> he was hungry. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Free nudes. Adding the Snapchat ASAP. <laughs> yeah, there's, you definitely like, you definitely see that because like I've matched with people that I'm like, okay, you definitely don't exist and you're definitely not interested in me. And like you can tell almost like the flow of conversation and how simplistic like their vocabulary is and just like, how they're responding to certain things that they're not a real person. I feel yeah, like it's like, like add me on snap and the snaps like a different username than what their name is listed on their Tinder account. So then like you can figure it out pretty easy, but there are definitely people that get hooked on that sort of shit. Cause you think like, yeah. I just want some sort of intimacy or conversation. So I'm going to entertain this catfish or bot or whatever the case is. And sure enough, you click on a link and your, your Snapchat's hacked. I feel like at that point, it's just like natural selection. Like you're, like <laughs> man, like God, I <laughs> <They> got him. <laughs> and they know That's that. I feel like, and then, like, obviously, guys are like way more. <laughs> I don't know how to. Explain, I guess I could say horny than girls because, like, you know, they're always on those apps, and like, some people just like are in their room, and they're just like, man, I need like some type of you know sexual interaction, and they know, like, and I feel like that's another thing, like, girls know, like. Like you said, you know, they're, they say they're not trying to sexualize it, which I feel like, I mean, good for them. They want to take advantage of people paying for their stuff. Like, people are making a living off, like, a killing off that, like, OnlyFans stuff. Like, I've seen, like, Twitter stuff, like, where they just, like, OnlyFans bought me this house, like, OnlyFans bought me this car. And I'm like, that's insane. Like, people are so stupid to, like, pay for this stuff. Like, why are you, like, I don't know. And then there's those weird people, like, do kinks and stuff. Like, and they're just, like, they're, they just love that, that, that kind of stuff. And it's, I don't know. Weird, it's a whole market out there, man. <laughs> it is weird, man. But we're staying strong out here. Um, y'all got anything coming up this week? Exciting. Start my new job tomorrow. Um, Hell yeah! Definitely a, a legitimate company. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad uh, I got the opportunity to leave that last company because they're bullshit. So nice, you guys. <clears throat> um, ben, what do you got going? Um, watch some football today. I got to work Wednesday. I got my next three days off, so that'll be nice. I'm going to get my personal training certification. Um, so I'm going to start oh, training snap. some people and then, um, yeah, that's kind of about it. Hell yeah. So you're going to be training the bouncers. Yep. So they, um, the company that I work for, they're starting to manage a bunch of different properties in the area. And they actually have another location in Chicago that they want me to move out to and 
and run over there, which I don't want to go to Chirac, uh, but it's a cool opportunity and they, they want me to start training people. So I figured, you know, I might as well get my personal training certificate. Cause it's always been something that's, you know, been on my mind and I've been passionate about, but you know, might as well get licensed and, and make it legit. Nice. Are they going to pay you to get your license? Something I need to negotiate. Um, but they will pay me from when I'm training people. So, you know, I don't know what the offset of that would be, but if I, you know, take a, a new trainee to the gym or I'm, training for two hours i would obviously get compensated for the the time that i'm spending over there show them how to suplex <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah drop the elbow right on the spine <laughs> this is how you hurt somebody right here <laughs> <laughs> um well for me i've just got another week at work um i'm not going anywhere this week um next week though i am going i'm looking at like three hotels but other than that, uh, I'm going to watch a little bit of football today. Hopefully my team does well. And then... Um, fantasy team? What's up? It's a fantasy team. We should talk about fantasy next podcast. I'm down. We're real deep into that. <laughs> well, we could do... I mean, maybe we do a midweek one where we talk about stuff like this. And then Sunday, before the football starts, we can break down sports. Um, For sure. MMA. Definitely get an MMA. Nick Diaz, man, broke my heart. He was out of shape, bro. Ah, we can we can get into that later. <laughs> yeah. But um, all right, y'all. That was episode one, uh, out of pocket podcast. Hopefully, we uh, stimulated y'all's fix. I'm out of here. We got to get a little more out of pocket next time. <laughs> <laughs> this was a this was a starter podcast. We had to set the Let's ground and then develop the conversation and then next time we'll we'll dive deep (laughs) all right peace out y'all all right